Uh, I want to talk to you this morning with the minutes that I have about living a liberated life. Living a liberated life, past, present, and, and future. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in life, isn't there? And you see a lot of people. We just, we just heard from um, Nath, who lives just around the block from me, and he's a great guy, and uh, his wife is delightful. And his story is both... Um, uh, it's tragic in, in some ways what, what happened to him, but, but the point at which he made a decision for Jesus... Um, the, 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 a profound shift began to happen in his life and his life is radically different in the day that we live. Um, but but, but he, he kind of touched on his past, his present and uh, he, he doesn't really go there but his future. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit this morning. There's a, a Bible thought that is liberating on, 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 as it relates to this for us in terms of past and um, dealing with our past, its ability to um, deal with the past that would weigh us down and hold us back, um, thinking about the future. And I think the, the, this Bible text we'll talk about, it really is compelling about stepping into the future, not only that life has, but God has, and then the present. How do we, how do we actually live light and liberated um, in the present? And the Bible, again, it, it just in this little snapshot of Scripture, really helps us with that whole picture. We're going to go in a moment to a few Bible verses that for me have just been a, they're a point I refer myself to uh, in order to sometimes unclutter the past, get light in the present and really um, move compellingly into the future. I think God would have it do that in our lives. So let me read it to you, Hebrews chapter 12 and from verse 1, I think it's coming up on the screen for you. There it is. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, it's talking to believers, but but uh, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Um, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, verse 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses... Well, if you haven't got a church background, that's kind of confusing right off the, off the start. Surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And, and obviously the Bible here is, uh, some commentators would say that it actually is the people around us. Most commentators would say that actually it's talking about those who have left this life for the life to, to come. And, and I like that thought. My mum um, has left this life. I like the idea, you know. Sometimes I don't like the idea when I say something about a maybe that a son shouldn't. The idea that she's part of the great cloud. But there are other times when I'm like, I'm glad. I hope my mum is watching on. I hope my mum is championing what God is doing in the earth from wherever it is. But, but really, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, this is where I want to bring us initially. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Oh, I love this thought. Let us throw off everything that hinders. I, I love that what we get here is is a truer reflection on the heart of God towards us than maybe some of the news media that you and I actually hear about. The idea that God would inspire through the writer, probably Paul, to speak to us and go, hey, if there's anything that's kind of hindering you, it's talking to people of faith, but if there's anything hindering you, I want you to throw it off. I just want you to get rid of it. And, and that sin that people get so upset about the word sin, but actually, if you understand the Bible teaching around the world sin, it's actually a liberating thought. 
because it's unhelpful for us to reject the idea of sin to our detriment when we can highlight the idea of sin to our liberty. And so the Bible comes along and says, hey, wherever sin is sort of entangling you, let's cast it off in one version. And, and wherever stuff is hindering you, let's, let's get rid of it. And, and it kind of right here, we get a glimpse into the heart of God for you and for me. And we get a, I think, a sense of the tone in which Christianity is actually meant to be lived. Not, not weighed down, not burdened with condemnation, but actually liberated. Living light, the past settled, the future bright, lightweight in the present. And so it says, throw off everything that hinders. And so let me talk about past, present, future. And I'll start with the past. Um, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And, and more the stuff this morning for a moment because who knows that stuff happens, doesn't it? It happens in our life. Um, happens in your life, happens in my life. It's happened to us. Um, uh, stuff has happened to us and we've caused stuff to happen to other people too, right? Uh, I, I, I remember um, Bron telling me a, a few years ago that that as a pastor, I wasn't very pastoral. And, and um, who knows, that that's a problem if you do what we do for a living. And, and, um, and I went, no. And, and someone said to me, not everybody loves you, you know, Darren. And I went, really? Like, I just, I thought everybody liked me. And, and it was a bit of a shock. And uh, you might be like, really, Darren? Is that a shock? How is that a shock to you? But, Anyway, I, we had a friend of ours, he came and he, he, this guy has a double degree in psychology, he's a temperament therapist, he literally travels the world um, and you can't leave a message on his message bank to book an appointment because his year is full. He's a smart guy and he used to be a preacher and then he moved into this field and um, I was sitting with him, he'd spoken for us one time and, and uh, he, I was sitting with him and he said, Darren, you're not a very good pastor really. I said, you're a good leader, Darren, but you're not a very good pastor. When people are hurting, you are not the right person to help them. And, and I went, oh, I said, Bron's been kind of telling me that, you know. And he went, yeah, she gets it, of course. And, and, and two things happened. I was, I was kind of relieved because sometimes I felt like a bit of a fraud. And I was completely broken and, you know, cried because I realised I'd accidentally hurt people. And one person started to tell this story, and one person in particular, and I went, I, I, in the next few days I went around, I sat with him, I said, I'm so sorry. What I thought was you was in fact me. And I, and I just want to apologise from the depth of my being for the pain that I've caused you. And you know, all of us in life, stuff has happened. Stuff has happened to us. And stuff has happened because of us that we didn't even realise we did. And the Bible says to both, hey, the stuff that has hindered you, let it go. The stuff that has hindered you, the, the, the thinking about it first, the stuff that we've maybe done to others just for a moment that has hindered us, um, um, uh, letting it go. And, 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 and again, you, I don't know if, you, if, I, I, if you're a parent, you might have felt this. I feel this tension less these days than I used to. But I used to really feel guilty and weighted around this idea that when I was at work, I'd feel guilty that I wasn't with my kids if it was after a certain time. And then when I was at home, I'd feel guilty that I wasn't at work. That's a messed up place to live. And, and, and I'd feel this. And then I heard someone say how they used to feel that and how they didn't anymore. I thought, oh, thank God. And so I worked out the settings and I, 
I just went, okay, when I'm at work, I'm at work, I don't feel guilty. When I'm at home, I'm at home, I don't feel guilty. And, and I'm just going to try and get the settings right. And I, I realized that that weighed heavily on me, that I was burdened by that. And really, it was, it was something of my past, it's something of my present that really weighed on me heavily. It burdened me. What is it, what is it for you that would weigh you down? Just the stuff that hinders us. It's not right, it's not wrong, it's just the stuff. Psalm 38, 4 says this, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like that? My, my guilt has overwhelmed me and my, like a burden too heavy to bear. And, 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 and so this morning, you know, I want to talk about the stuff in terms of the past that hinders that it says to let go of, understanding that sometimes there's stuff that we need to own, there's sometimes there's stuff we uh, need to deal with, there's sometimes we need to put things right, but we're not, that's a different subject today. We're, today we're talking about what it says here and the idea that we let go, to not hold on to sin and to stuff and, and, and to let it go in our lives. I'm not talking about perpetuating the same action that would hurt anybody, just to be clear. I'm not saying that we just let that go and we move on and do the very same thing. It's not what the text is talking about. But it's letting go so that we're not weighed by guilt, that we're not weighed by condemnation. It's letting go so that we're not condemned by our stuff and our, our sin. It's letting go of anything and everything that negatively impacts us in our ability to move forward. Don't you like that? I like that idea, that I would let go and be able to let go. God gives me permission to let go of anything and absolutely everything that would hinder me and would hold me back. I, I don't know how that is for you, but there are things that that we've done that I'm glad I can let go. There are, there are things I've left undone that I'm glad I can let go. Are you like that? I, I don't know about you. I feel like I was a good son to my mother, poor son to my father. And whilst you want to bring change, I want to let that go. And there'll be things in your life that have been done and left undone that, that we really want to let go. And so here's my question for you, because it says don't, don't linger here. Don't let it weigh you down a moment more than it needs to. Um, so what might that be in your life right now? Sometimes it, we're so used to carrying it that we don't even think about it. Uh, my eldest daughter, the other day, I picked up her school bag to carry it to the car for her. She was running a bit late. And man, the thing was heavy. And she'd gotten so used to, and I'm big, I'm used to carrying you know, and, and But she's so used to carrying it, she didn't really think about it. She'd just gotten used to this heavy school bag. I said, when do you get a locker? She said, next year, Dad, year 11. I said, good, I'm, it can't be good for your back. And sometimes we get used to what we're carrying in a way that the weight is there and we, we just become oblivious to us, weighing on our heart, weighing on our life. So the Bible comes along and says, get rid of everything that hinders. I, I, here's how I would put it from here on. Let it go, but that feels a bit passive to me. I actually wrote it down as blow it up, but... Bron said, that probably isn't the right fit. And let it go, throw it out, cut it loose. That's how I'd say it. Let it go. What, what would hinder you? What would hinder me that we need to let go? We need to, actually, in some versions, it says, throw it out. Uh, let, let's just cut it loose. Uh, what would that be for you? Now, here's a, here's a thought that's connected to it. Because it's, it's easy to think about the stuff we've done, I think, and left undone. What's harder, I think, sometimes is the stuff that's been done to us. That hurts. And so what the Bible really teaches here is the way we approach the first, where we let ourselves off the hook, as the Bible says to, 
let it go, throw it out, cut it loose. The Bible says, hey, do the same, very same thing to those who have done stuff to us. And for some, for some of us, that's, that's harder. And the Bible comes along and says, hey, the best thing that we can do with the stuff that would weigh us down that other people have done to us is to let it go, is to throw it out, is to cast it or to cut it loose. And, and, and so this morning, I wonder, you know, I'm sure you can pinpoint moments in your life just like I can. And those things left undone, they really do weigh us down. Actually, they, they change people from the inside out. Now, I understand as I say that, if you're a psychologist in the room today, my youngest brother is one, I understand that there are things that are complicated and I don't want to be simplistic. There, there are things to let go, get, get, you know, get um, rid of and to cut loose that, that still have a process attached and they've got to be worked through and it needs Bible help, it needs, it needs professional help. I understand all of that. I'm not saying we be simplistic around the complicated. And so, but the starting point is still to determine in our heart that I'm going to let that go. But also on the other side of that, I think a lot of times there's stuff that is simple and let's not overcomplicate it. There's stuff that's happened to you and that happened to me that are common to humanity. And, and uh, just letting it go quickly, the way the Bible says, is helpful to our future. It really is. Think about it this way. Every one of us at points in our life will have to forgive somebody. Every single one of us. And so the Bible comes along and says, hey, forgive quickly. Make it happen quickly. Don't, don't waste a minute longer than is necessary in the process of letting, letting stuff go. Um, I don't know about you, I want to live unoffendable. And unoffendable, here's the complication with that. You and I are going to get an occasion, an opportunity to be offended sometime very soon. Unoffendable has nothing at all to do with not ever having any reason to not be offended and has everything to do with choice. You and I are going to be offended, aren't we? I mean, if you've lived more than three years on the planet, maybe even if you've only lived three years on the planet, there's a chance to be offended. And so some people, when I was a kid, I don't know, I'm sure they still have them, you just don't see them. Someone probably made a lot of money. They had metal detectors. Does anyone own a metal detector? I never owned one. They had metal detectors. And when I was a kid, you'd go to the beach and you'd see people with their metal detectors and you'd see people out in the bush, you know, with their metal detectors. And I don't know if anyone ever got rich. Um, or they just found a hobby to fill in time. But, but people had metal detectors, and when you got close to a metal, I'm assuming the thing buzzed or vibrated or something. And some people live with a radar like that on a fence. It's almost like they're, 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 they're wired up for a fence that's coming their way. And, and, and nothing much needs to happen for people to get offended. But the problem with that is it weighs us down. The problem with being easily offended, looking almost for offense, is that it actually is like, it's like it's toxic to our spirit. So that's why the Bible comes along and says, hey, anything that hinders, all the stuff that happens, life doesn't even need to be wrong or evil, just the stuff of life that happens, let, let, let's throw it off quickly, let's get done with it so that we can move on lightly in our lives. And so um, it's true. And it's, I used to sell for a living. I, was a, um, I worked for my pastor who had a business when I was a young guy and I used to knock on people's doors. You know those guys? My heart breaks for those guys. They've got like the hardest job. <laughs> it's hell, let me tell you, it's hell. And, um, but I still don't buy anything from them. Um, <laughs> um, but, but, but I used to sell for a living. I remember this guy, I, I was in Tumut in, in south, southwest New South Wales. I went into his house and I was selling him something and, and um, he started to tell me his story. He had this incredible war story. His life was unbelievable. 
And then he shifted gears and you felt it. And he shifted gears and he started to tell me about his ex-wife. And his ex-wife, literally all the paint pictures were still on the wall with black texter marking her out. I'll never forget it. And this guy then went on a rant of her and his life. And, and you know what? He, he just lived offended. Did he have cause for offence? Probably. But, but offence is no help to anybody. I mean, if he'd known the Bible verse that said, let us cast off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. My granddad was a um, Christian guy. He laid the foundation of my faith completely. I mean, I would sit at his table when I was a 22-year-old, my 21-year-old, and uh, he would get me to preach mini sermons at his table. He'd say, you're going to be a preacher one day, son. I go, okay. And, uh, you know, and so I'd do these five-minute sermons sitting at his table. You know, the, 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 I'm very grateful to my grandparents. My nana prayed for me since the day I was born. But, you know, as he got older, he, he, someone wronged him. Someone of influence, someone of, um, in a position of power wronged him. And it just got on the inside of his spirit. And you can start out in the right and end up in the wrong. And, and that's what happened to him. By the time he was an old man, I remember taking um, Bronnie, we were engaged, and I took Bronnie to introduce, you know, just to honour my grandparents. And wow, what came out of him was so... The Bible talks about a root of bitterness. And what came out of him was so deep, and he starts to just spew out all this stuff. And, and I left that house, and I said to Bronnie, I said, I'll never bring you back. I'll come back because I'll honour my granddad, but I'll never bring you back here. The guy was in the right and he ended up in the wrong because he just didn't take hold of what he knew very well. Let us throw off everything that hinders and so easily entangles. And so this morning, just in our lives, I wonder what would hold you back. I wonder what would slow you down. I wonder what would hinder you. And so just letting it go. I, I love this idea. Sometimes Bron and I will be in the middle of a conversation and, and we'll say to each other, that has already had more attention than it deserves. So let's not give it a moment longer. That's very powerful in our household. You know, stuff just happens. It doesn't even need to be wrong. It just might be stupid. And um, when I do stupid stuff to you, that'd be good if you said the same thing. Just go, well, that has had more than enough attention from my heart and my mind, and uh, I'm not going to give it another moment's thought. And that's what we have here. We're done with that. Even if it hurt deeply, we're done with that. We're moving on. We're stepping out of the past and into the present. Let it go. Throw it out. Cut it loose. Jesus modelled it beautifully for us and so moving on to the present because life is short and life is long isn't it it's 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 short in that we haven't got time to waste on stuff that really shouldn't hold us back and 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 it's short in that but it's also long and so if you let layer by layer year by year incident by incident build up come way down but the bible wants us to live free so it says let us throw off and let us, everything that hinders, everything that slows us down, and, and let us run the race marked out for us. And here, when it talks about running, it's, it's contrasting, you know, limping. It's contrasting being slowed down with running the race lightly. Running the race, uh, the same writer in another place in Corinthians says, run, you've all been to the games, meaning the ancient games, and he says to them, run in a way as to win the race. It, it's, there's a way to, to run this life, to be unhindered, to not be weighed down and so so I'll put it like living lightweight in the present I'll put it simply like this is what God wants for us I didn't catch a plane until I was 21 years old I remember being in my 20s and and Bron and I were engaged and we went with a whole team to India and so you know sorry guys I'm going to admit something most of the many of the men aren't going to like in the room 
So I match my outfits more than my wife. <laughs> Historically. I've become more masculine, fellas. Since then. Anyway. I'm like, no, that goes with that, and that goes with that. And, yeah. Anyway, black goes with everything. And, um, and, um, and so I would like, I'd pack everything. I'm like, all right, I need that shirt and those jeans and, that, and the, those shoes. And, yeah, they'll look good. And the shorts and this T-shirt. And, mate, I'm going on a trip, and I've got half of my... My, my cupboard in there. I've got multiple shoes. I've got books to read. And, and, and then we get to India and Bron and I are there and Bron gets an idea that we should buy a saucepan set. I reckon it must have been like a one million piece saucepan set. We carted this thing all around India through all of the, you know, the, the airports and everything and we got home. Well, these days, these days I travel a lot because of my other role and, and uh, I never have anything except carry-on. I mean, one pair of shoes on my feet, one pair to run in at the gym. No books. If I need a Bible, I'm going to use that. And I don't take anything I don't need. I don't even pack fully for the trip if it's long. I pack for three days and then I rotate and wash. And Because, man, I don't want anything slowing me down. I don't want to have to go through excess baggage. I don't want anything to slow me down. I want to get there quickly. I want to get on the plane, put it in the top, pull it out, get where I'm going. Nobody impede what I'm trying to do. And that's what the Bible's saying about our lives. So there's all this excess baggage, get rid of it. But now, not only get rid of it. So I don't know if you know, you could look it up. You're probably not interested. So I looked up, what's the smartest way to pack? And so when you fly a lot, you roll the clothes. You all wanted to know that. That's what you came for today, right? You roll the clothes. Because if you roll the clothes, aren't you glad you came today? If you roll the clothes, they take up less space and you can fit more in. And so, so you roll the clothes. And, and, and there's just some things that help us as we move forward just to, to travel light in this life because that's what the text is saying. Say, hey, life's going to throw a lot at you, but, but God's plan is not that you, we live like everybody else, but those who know God or would come to know God, that we would travel light in our spirit and light in life. And so there are things that help, like, like just keeping life simple, like, like the Word of God, if you've never read it front and center, just keeping it front and center, things that you know, start in the book of Psalms or go to a gospel uh, what they call a gospel. You just think of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. All you've got to do is think of the Bible and think of the names that make sense and forget the ones that sound weird, right? That's, that's all you need to remember. And then Psalms. And if you do that, you'll, you'll be in a good place. And what it will help us do, it helps us travel light through life as we listen to the teachings and the wisdom of Jesus, as, as prayer, the idea of prayer starts to get on the inside of our hearts, as the, the promises of Scripture start to, the Bible says that the Word of God is, is living and active, that it's powerful, it's, it's actually transformative. In, in one place, the Bible talks about it uh, in being transformative, and, and it actually uses a word, when they use the word transform, it's the word metamorphosis. And the word metamorphosis, the best description I can give to you is a butterfly, that's the word. It's talking about the same kind of metamorphosis that goes on for a butterfly. The, the butterfly comes in as a caterpillar. I'm like, get the right. It comes in as a caterpillar. Something goes on that's oh, pretty mind-blowing, really. How does a caterpillar become a butterfly? There's a metamorphosis. And the Bible says there's a metamorphosis that goes on in the life as a person by the work of God and the Word of God and the the Spirit of God, which might be foreign as an idea to you, but there's a metamorphosis that takes place that leaves us utterly transformed and able to live lightweight in the present, in the midst of great weight going on. So living lightweight, living lightweight. The good news 
is we choose to travel light. There's some people are going to blame and it's, it's our choice. And some people are going to um, abdicate, still our choice. Still our choice. And so living light and living well. I'll put it here, run, run, run it well. Live, live, live it light. And that's the message as the pages of Scripture. Uh, just let me give you this. I think it's really helpful. Proverbs chapter 4 uh, going to come on the screen um, for you. Um, above all else, here's a way to travel light. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. That's just a pause. No, we can stay there. That's great. It doesn't matter. Above all else, guard your heart. Isn't it interesting? Everything flows out of that. Isn't it true? You ever met someone and they can tell you every negative thing going on in the world and then you go across the road and you meet someone else and they can tell you every great thing going on in their life. Why is that? Their lives are mostly similar maybe, but because above all else, life flows out of the heart, not out of circumstances. I've been down poor tracks in, in uh, you know, the back streets of India and Papua New Guinea where people are living on a tip with joy. I don't know how you do that. But God has done a work in their life and, and above all else, they guard their heart and they've got a joy. And I've, I've lived, obviously, in Tamworth and I've seen people with every conceivable benefit, every conceivable uh, uh, advantage with education and with nice homes, with multiple cars and multiple TVs. In fact, you don't even need to move from your lounge to change the TV to Netflix, Stan or whatever you want to watch uh, with every conceivable advantage and yet in their heart, they're full of misery. And so the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart. And, and as we do, we can live in a lightweight way as we guard our heart and the issues of it. It then goes on and says, um, above all else, guard your heart. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. I think our words are so powerful in terms of living light, aren't they? Oh, just living light. You ever been around someone and before you leave, you're like, wow, I just feel heavy. And then you can come into a room heavy and, and someone walks into the room and by the time you leave the room, you leave light. You ever had that happen to you? I mean, Dan's in the back. I, I can't remember Dan making me um, ever feel heavy. But I can tell you, he's made me feel light a few times. And keep your mouth from perversity. Next verse. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Uh, I think moving forward, not looking in the rear, rear, rear vision mirror. Uh, when I was um, 22, 23, I crashed my car. I hit the car in front of me and I, it hit the car in front of it and my insurance had expired. There are mistakes you make at 23 that you don't make at 48. And um, the problem was, I, I was young, I was single, I was about to go to lunch with some friends, including girls, and I looked in the rear vision mirror to check my hair. And <laughs> I didn't tell them that. <laughs> Let your eyes look straight ahead. And gaze before you. Rear vision mirror is good for lessons, but it's not good for embracing the future. You know, it's good to live with the wisdom of scars, but it's unhelpful to live out of an open wound. And, and so just looking straight ahead, continuing to move forward in life. Life is too short to be looking back. Life is too short and too long, so we just keep looking forward. Let your gaze look straight ahead. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in, in all of your ways. We love that. Give thought. Just think deeply about living life less weighty, living life liberated, living life light. What does that look like? And, and I think the way we think, the way we think changes everything, doesn't it? Doesn't the way you think? 
just change everything? Have you ever meditated on something and it left you? I, I can tell when I, I come, you know, there are times when you come home, aren't there? And you know if you're married that your spouse has been thinking about something they shouldn't. And you can tell when, you know, every Wednesday morning, Bron has this meeting with a friend of ours. I'm not a meeting, like a catch-up. She's a lot older and wiser and, and uh, it's amazing. I mean, every single Wednesday, I know I'm getting the best version of Bron. Best time to catch up with Bron on any given week is Wednesday at 8 a.m. You're going to get the best version of Bron because the thinking in her mind has had lightweight pointing to Jesus going on. And so that's it. And then the next thought. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from, from evil. Nothing makes trouble like a diversion into evil. Nothing makes trouble like a diversion into evil. So let me, let me try and like wrap this, land this um, for us today because all of that's good. All of that's practical. All of that, I think, is incredibly helpful to our lives. But there's something more in the text as I wrap it up here. It says... Um, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. I'm not sure where you're up to today in terms of your life, in terms of your faith, but fixing our eyes on on Jesus. This is a key in it all. If we, We can be practical around the other things, but the key really here is to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Um, and, and, and I wonder this morning, you know, I wonder if you've done that in your life. I'm not here to put pressure on anyone this morning, but I do want us to wrestle with the question because all of this that surrounds the getting rid of the past, eyes on the future, living light in the present, finds its centre in Jesus. And um, he, he is the one that God wants to point us to, to fix our eyes on, on him, to fix our eyes on who he is because that changes everything, to fix our eyes on what he's done. Because there, there, is, there is a past that God sorts out. That's why it mentions sin. The sin that entangles us, he is the true liberator from it. Jesus came into the world, the Bible says, to die for the sins of humanity, to pay the penalty for our sin, to put things right for us with God. And, and so this morning, you know, in fixing our eyes on Jesus, the biggest problem in the way of our future is a problem that he fixes. There's a past God sorts out. There's a, there's a lightness he wants to, wants to bring. Jesus actually said, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. Uh, and, and he was saying, hey, I didn't come to make this heavy. I come to make this lighter. That's what he came to do. I know sometimes religion makes it something other than that, but, but it's not what Jesus came to do. There's a past God sorts. There's a lightness God brings. There's a future God sets in motion. And it's present and it's current. It's heaven on earth now, but also, of course, it's eternal. It is eternal. There is an eternal future coming to to all of our lives. And that is becomes a reality as we determine to put our trust in the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. His name is Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God eternal who came in human form who lived amongst us, what an incredible thought, who died for us, who the Father rose from three, after three days from the grave, who sits at the right hand of the Father, the Bible says, and who lives and rules and reigns eternally. And one day every knee will bow, one day every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And what he really wants now is for us to come to that place in the present. Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. 
In 2 Corinthians, as I wrap this, 2 Corinthians um, says this. It says that we have become a new creation, those who have trusted in the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And it says this, the old has gone. It's not just a throwing off of sin and stuff. It's a transformation from the inside out. It's the old is gone. The, the, everything's paid for. We're changed from the inside out. The old is gone. It says you are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. The new has come. The new has come. And, and that's really where God wants to bring all of us to. There's past, there's future, and there's this present moment. And what he would love to do in your life, if you've not done it yet, is to take hold of the present. So from here, Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of my faith. My trust is in who he is and what he's done and all he's promised. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to pray and then Neil's going to come. Why don't you close your eyes if you're comfortable. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful today. We're grateful for who you are. We're grateful for the way you are, God that you would give us instruction in how to live free of the past, lightweight in the present, eyes fixed on the hope and future that you would deliver. We thank you for that today. You didn't come to weigh us down with endless law and ritual. You came to set us free. We thank you for that today. Lord, we pray your blessing upon each person. Lord, um, we pray that we'd be those you would not only draw but ultimately lead. So we commit our way to you in Jesus' name. Amen.